0: Welcome to B2B Writing Success, the podcast on building a thriving business as a business-to-business writer or copywriter. B2B Writing Success is brought to you by American Writers and Artists, Inc. Now here's your host, copywriting expert and business coach, Steve White. Hello, fellow B2B writers and copywriters. Hope you had a great week with your business. This week I want to talk about a particularly sticky problem, a very uncomfortable problem that... You know, if you're in this business long enough, you're going to run into, and that is what to do when a client doesn't pay you. That's a very difficult situation to be in uh, for two reasons. Number one, you want to get paid, right? You need the money. Uh, Any business needs the money. A self-employed copywriting business is no different. At the same time, you don't want to get into an uncomfortable situation and perhaps lose a good client. There could be many reasons why the client isn't paying you, and you don't want to lose the client. So how do you handle a situation like this professionally so you protect yourself and get paid? Um, This really hit home for me uh, many years ago when I started as a freelance copywriter in the 1990s. I had an ad agency as a client. This agency turned into one of my major clients. I did a lot of work for them. In fact, it be wouldn't it was it wasn't un, uncommon for them to call me on Thursday with a project I needed to get done. I work all weekend and deliver it on Monday. They were really fast-paced back then and still are today, I assume. Um, and I did a lot of work and I would bill them and I would get paid. And then one day I noticed that I had been doing a lot of work for several weeks and I've been sending them my invoice. And the total of the amount due was well over $9,000. It's a lot of money to me back then. It was a lot of money to me today. So I contacted them and contacted their accounting person, and they didn't get back to me. And I made several other calls and emails. And what I found out eventually was that they were having cash flow problems. And therefore, they weren't paying their vendors. They were just having a very tough quarter, or maybe even a tough half year. They had this one client of theirs who hadn't paid them yet, and that caused some cash flow problems. I didn't learn about this until later. So they decided just to not pay me or delay pay me for quite a long time. Several weeks went by uh, with me not being paid, and, and they still had work for me to do. And uh, it became a very uncomfortable situation. I mean, I needed that money for such unimportant things as paying my mortgage and paying for groceries and, you know, paying for my, my young daughter and her medical bills and things of this nature. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a tough situation. I eventually got paid, but I never forgot that situation because, you know what, I didn't have a strategy. I didn't know what to do in that situation, so I just won it. I called. I didn't know if I should be calling more often. I didn't know if I should be sending the account to a collections agency. I I wasn't really sure what to do in that situation. All I knew is that I couldn't sleep at night because losing that $9,000, not being paid that $9,000 would have been at that time a very serious financial hit for me. So what do you do when a client doesn't pay? Let me give you some down-to-earth, real-world strategies that's going to help you. Strategy number one, and I actually don't have a, a, a certain number here, but I'll call this strategy number one, probably the most important strategy, is always get with new clients, and even a client you've been working on with for a while, but you don't haven't built that level of trust yet with them, always get a deposit before you start working on a project. The common deposit, the common amount is 50%, although I know some freelancers that get one third, for example, for a larger project. I know someone who ghost writes books and they don't get 50% up front. They start off with 25% and then they get payments throughout. But for most B2B writing projects of uh, less than $5,000 for the project, a 50% deposit is normal. It's what a lot of freelance copywriters and writers ask for. It's usually not a big deal for companies. So always get that 50% deposit. And the reason why this is important is because it acts like an insurance policy. If something happens and the client is late in paying you or you're having to chase them for payment, well, you can at least have some comfort in knowing that you got half your money. You got half the money in the bank. So if a worst-case scenario, the client goes bankrupt, well, at least you got 50% of your money. So you're not going to take as big a financial hit as you would have ordinarily taken had you worked on a $5,000 project and got nothing. Okay, Getting 50% gives you that feeling of comfort. So always get that 50% deposit on new accounts. Now, there's some challenges with getting this 50% deposit. Uh, Sometimes a client will say, uh, well, I'm sorry, but we only do a check run every uh, twice a month. Uh, you know, we can't just, you know, have our accounting department stop what they're doing and and go through the process of approving and issuing a check. Well, you know what? Of course they can. <laughs> they probably do that all the time in many different situations. A company can write a check. That's not a problem. But it's just, it does may it may go against their bureaucracy, their processes. Well, one, one way to get around this is to accept credit cards. And I recommend that you accept credit cards. So that way, there's really no excuses. A company can, uh, with their credit card, uh, you know, pay your 50% deposit instantly. And these days, there's so many ways for freelancers to accept credit cards. I recently changed my uh, bookkeeping software. I, I changed it to QuickBooks. So now I use QuickBooks for my uh, bookkeeping. And one thing that came with QuickBooks is a merchant account where I can accept Visa and MasterCard for payments, <laughs> okay? Um, so, I mean, it's, and there's lots of other options out there for accepting credit cards. PayPal. You can set up a, a business PayPal account and accept credit cards. Um, just remind your clients that they don't need to have a PayPal account themselves to make a PayPal payment. Or send funds via PayPal. So there's lots of different ways. Look into it. Look into how you can accept credit cards. Um, These days, it's really not that much of a problem to to do that. And that way, getting that 50% deposit is going to be much easier. Because you'll be able to simply say to your client, Hey, uh, I take credit cards. Can can I send you an invoice? You pay it with a credit card. Um, Another... uh, challenge you might come up against in trying to get this 50 percent deposit is when you're dealing with a, a big company that has, they're really departmentalized, they're really, uh, bureaucratic and, uh, they just, you know, you know, paying something by credit card is almost foreign to them. They have a very rigid process for signing on vendors and suppliers like yourself and, and paying bills and things like that, um, That can sometimes happen when you're dealing with a humongous company that they may not have the option to pay with a credit card, or they may not have really that option to pay your 50% deposit immediately because it has to go through their system no matter what. No one can override it. I understand that with large bureaucratic companies. I can see how that could happen. But so then you have to make a judgment decision whether or not you're going to be willing to wait to get that 50% deposit paid to. You might have to start the project before you get your 50% deposit. So you got to make a judgment uh, call here. If you're going to do that, make sure that um, you're dealing with a a real established business here. Uh, Make sure that it is a big business. Make sure they have a website with a phone number and a physical address. Make sure when you go on their website, you can see pictures of their executive team and and a sense that there's real people here. When you phone them, you get, uh, you get a, uh, someone answering the phone for their business or their company. Uh, just make sure that they are who they say they are. Because you're going to be trusting them a little bit here. And also invoice for the deposit immediately. So if a humongous company says, I'm sorry, but the earliest we could do a check run is two weeks. And we can't change that. You can say, that's fine. I will send you the invoice immediately for the 50% deposit. You pay it in two weeks. You just make sure that you uh, let me know that the invoice I send you is approved and in the process, so it's going to be paid in two weeks. If you can give me that assurance that the invoice is approved and it's in the accounting department just waiting for that check run two weeks from now, then I'm good with that. So say something like that to them. But invoice that deposit right away, even though you're not going to be paid that deposit for two weeks, even though you might be done the project before you get paid it. Um, still invoice that 50% right away and let them know that you're, you're, uh, you're being flexible. You're giving them um, a bit of a break here. You're letting them uh, not have to pay that deposit until two weeks when they do their check run. It's a judgment call on your behalf. You know, Be careful with this. But in most cases, for big real companies, um, it'll work out just fine. If you're dealing with IBM, for example, you know it's a, it's a real company, they got money. Uh, usually it's gonna be okay. So that's the 50% deposit. Now, what do you do? And by the way, just to back up, that's your insurance policy. Remember that 50% deposit, your insurance company, uh, insurance policy against uh, financial catastrophe should a client not pay you. But what do you do when uh, you finish a project? Maybe you got that 50% deposit. Maybe you didn't because it could be a long-time client that you trust so much. You you didn't do that. Uh, Whatever the reason, let's say you're done the project and six, seven, eight weeks have gone by and you haven't been paid yet. How do you handle a situation like that? Well, first of all, there's a couple of things you need to do. You need to call the company, or if it's a big company, call the company and ask to speak to their accounts payable person. Okay, that's the person in the accounting department that's in charge of paying the bills, accounts payable. Small companies may only have one financial manager, and that person is everything, including the accounts payable person. But for larger companies, will be a dedicated person. Ask who that is. Keep in mind that your client may not be, like the actual client, you're the marketing director who hired you, uh, may not be the person who cuts the check. So you want to ask for the accounts payable part a person. When you phone, and, and by the way, if you don't know who that person is, just phone and say, I'd like to speak to the accounts payable person. Uh, whoever answers the phone will know exactly what you want, and they'll send you to the right person. Now when you talk to that person on the phone, you simply say, I'm following up on an invoice I sent eight weeks ago. It's overdue. I like to check on on when it's going to be paid. And simply say it like that. You don't have to be rude. You don't have to be pushy. But you do need to be clear and firm. Okay? You're following up on an invoice. You want to know when it's going to be paid. In most cases, that accounts payable person We'll give you the information. They'll ask for the date of the invoice, the amount of the invoice, things of that nature. And they'll tell you the status. This has happened to me a few times. And you know what? Sometimes I talk to the accounts payable person and they go, oh, I didn't get the invoice for payment. And I find out later that the person in the company who hired me, let's say it's the marketing director, forgot to forward my invoice to the accounting department for payment. Okay, and... I, I'm able to, to work that out very, very, uh, very quickly and, and get paid. I always tell the accounts payable person in that circumstance, obviously there's, there's been a problem, but if it gets fixed, can, I, can you expedite the payment? And usually they're able to do that because sometimes they're a little embarrassed and they realize, oh shoot, we, we messed up. Sometimes the accounts payable person might say something like, well, uh, your payment is scheduled for the next check run. Ask when the next check run is. They might say uh, next Friday. So again, confirm details. Okay, thank you very much. So next Friday, the check will be cut, put in the mail, probably Monday that week. So I could expect it that following week. Is that correct, accounts payable person? Yes, it is. Okay. And that's a good way to follow up. And in most cases, your check will be paid. Now, what happens if this drags on? What happens if you don't get paid? Well, what you need to do is to contact the accounts payable person or your client, but it's usually the accounts payable person, and ask them. Say, "I'm really surprised. My invoice hasn't been paid. Could you please tell me what the problem is?" Now, they may not. Uh, they may not tell you the exact problem, but they, you know. Your client may be having a temporary cash flow problem. This happens with lots of businesses. Lots of successful businesses will have moments when they have a cash flow problem. And when they have a cash flow problem, they tend to prioritize who they pay. They pay the rent. They pay the payroll for their in-house staff. They make sure they don't miss those payments. They make lease payments and interest payments and loan payments. And guess where you are on that list of priorities (laughs) as the freelance copywriter? Unfortunately, you are toward the bottom. So they may decide, okay, we're going to hold off on paying our freelancers and other suppliers for a little while until we get our cash flow situation worked out. I'm telling you, that happens in a lot of companies. They're not being mean about it. They're just trying to make uh, very difficult decisions when it comes to cash flow. So you want to find that out. You want to find out if it's a cash flow issue. Again, talk to the accounts payable person and ask them. You don't have to say, do you have a cash flow problem? But a way to ask them is to say, um, are, is, my, is my invoice being uh, delayed a couple of weeks? Or is my invoice being delayed uh, until your second check run, middle of next month? Say something like that. They'll know exactly what you're referring to. They're, you're referring to the fact that they may be having a cash flow crunch that month and they're they're uh, they're not paying some some bills. But find out. Okay. Keep the dialogue open with the accounts payable person at that company. Keep it open. Keep talking. Don't be afraid to follow up. Don't be afraid to call once or twice a week. Ask for a status. Try to get some details. Don't be pushy. Don't be rude. Don't be threatening. Those things, that never works, by the way. What you want to do is keep the conversation going. Okay, and find out what the issue is, when you're going to get paid, when can you expect the check. Okay, find out those details. And by the way, the accounts payable person isn't always a person in the accounting department. If you're dealing with a small business owner where the business owner is in charge of all this stuff, well, then you may be making these calls to the business owner, the person who, who hired you. Okay, but still, you want to keep the conversation open. You want, to, you want to keep the discussion going and you want to keep following up a lot. If your bill has gone over 60 days, you want to be phoning twice a week to make sure that it's paid. Stay on top of them. Frankly, be a little bit of a squeaky wheel, but do so in a professional manner, and that tends to get good results. Now, what happens when the worst happens? What happens if your uh, invoice is 90 days, 120 days, and you begin to realize, you know what? They're not paying me. Maybe they're going broke. Maybe there's some other issue. Whatever it is, they're not paying me. What are your options there? Well, one thing you can do is walk away. Especially if you got that 50% deposit. If you got that 50% deposit already and you've gone you've you've been making follow-up calls and sending follow-up emails, you've been getting promise after promise after promise and maybe they're not even returning your calls anymore and you're thinking, you know, shoot. This invoice is now 4 or 5 months old and probably never going to get paid. But if you got that 50% deposit, it might be worth it to say, you know what, I'm just going to walk. I'm just going to turn the page and not worry about this anymore. I know what you're thinking, but what about that 50% I'm owed? Well, what you'd have to go through to get that 50% paid is a lot of hassle, which I'm going to get to in just a second. may not be worth your while. At least you got that 50%. That's the magic of having that 50%. It's like an insurance policy. It gives you that, that option to just walk away from from that nonsense and stress and just move on with your life and business. But if you want to go after your money or if you didn't get that 50% so you're owed the entire amount for the project, there's a couple of options for you. Number one is you can send, send a demand letter. You can send a letter in the mail asking for payment of that legitimate invoice um, make sure you send it registered so you get a signature at their end, so proof of delivery. It's going to help you later if you have to go to court. And you don't be aggressive in that letter. Be polite in that letter. And don't try to sound all legalese and make threats like, you know, if payment isn't here in 40, 72 hours, govern yourself accordingly, You will we will see you in court and all this kind of dramatic nonsense. It'll have no impact on your client whatsoever. Instead, write a very simple, polite letter that clearly explains that your invoice is overdue by several months. This is the amount of the invoice you're owed that money. Let them know that you will do anything possible you you can do in order to get payment and that you you don't like to be forced to look at other options to collect the payment, but you're going to have to look at some other options if they don't pay your invoice immediately. You might want to also include a line in there that says that, you know, you're willing to negotiate a settlement of some kind if they will simply contact you to have that conversation. And by that, I mean, if let's say you're owed $5,000 and you're chasing a client for $5,000. Well, maybe you can negotiate an agreement where the client pays you $3,500 and that settles the invoice. It's done and it's over. Okay, the client may be willing to do that just to get you off their back and to make sure they don't have a bad debt on, on their record. And you get $3,500 of the $5,000 you were owed. Is it, is it fair to you? No, but at least you got $3,500. Right? Um, another option after you send the demand letter is you, know, you might want to consider hiring a collections agency. Now, a lot of collections agencies have a minimum amount that they're willing to take on. So um, if if a client owes you five hundred dollars, chances are you're not going to find a collections agency that's going to represent you for five hundred bucks. But if you're owed five thousand dollars, you probably will find a collections agency that will represent you and try to collect that money. And they know a lot of aggressive tactics on how to do that. They'll take a percentage of whatever they can collect. They'll take fifty percent. Usually, that's the standard amount amongst collection agencies. If you're going to look for a collections agency. Look for one that specializes in dealing with businesses rather than consumer debt because they'll know how to um, collect from businesses. As another option too, you can go to court. Here in my jurisdiction in Ontario, Canada, we have a thing called small claims court where you can you don't have to have a lawyer. You can go and represent yourself and you can sue uh, your client for the payment. The problem with going to court is that Winning in court doesn't guarantee payment, believe it or not. You still have to chase your client for payment, even if you win a settlement in court. The only difference is that once you won a settlement in court, once you won the court battle, you have more tools to go after uh, your client's assets in order to collect that money. And even then, you're going you're gonna to have to deal with a lot of government bureaucracy and maybe get a lawyer in order to do that. You see how it gets more and more complicated As you move forward, Uh, that's why, you know, as worse as it's ever gotten for me, and I've had a couple of clients who didn't pay me, uh, the the farthest I've ever gone was sending a demand letter. And after I sent the demand letter, uh, the client contacted me and I settled for a lower amount. And I was fine with that. I've never had to go to court simply because it just gets more complicated. I have to ask myself, how much of my uh, time am I going to spend on this? That's the magic of getting that 50% deposit when you're working with a new client that you don't know, you don't trust. You don't have they don't have a payment history with you. If you get that 50% deposit with new clients, then you have options. You have the option to just walk away and or send a demand letter and leave it at that. You have options. You're not going to completely lose your shirt. So I always recommend that with new clients. So I hope that gives you some strategies, some ideas for uh, what to do when a client doesn't pay you. I hope this doesn't happen to you, that you never run into this problem. But if you do, some of these tips and strategies are going to help you. So that's it for this week's B2B Writing Success. I hope you found it helpful. I'm Steve Slawnwhite. Until next week, have a great week with your B2B writing or copywriting business. We hope you enjoyed this edition of B2B Writing Success with Steve Slawnwhite. For more tips on building a thriving B2B writing business, visit www.b2bwritingsuccess.com.